0: Are you looking to put your products in front of millions of customers? Then Walmart Marketplace is for you. With more than 120 million unique monthly visitors, according to Comscore, Walmart Marketplace is one of the fastest growing e-commerce platforms. And right now, new sellers can save up to 50% off referral and fulfillment fees. Join today and get instant access to millions of customers from one of the world's largest retailers.
1: success starts right here. You're listening to Practical commerce the podcast for e-commerce results. Welcome back to another Practical E-Commerce podcast. My name is Brian Getting, and this is a supplemental podcast to our November 2006 issue. And today, Mitch Bettis is speaking with a gentleman named Richard Sexton, who is the owner of a company called Carolina Rustica. Basically, Sexton has uh, parlayed this 10-year brick-and-mortar successful business into a uh, dynamic multi-channel sales business in the form of Carolina Rustica, and uh, by combining brick-and-mortar and online sales, uh, they expect to generate about $3.5 million in 2006, which would represent a 30% increase from uh, the 2005 year, and uh, approximately 15% of his total sales come from his brick-and-mortar store, and 85% come from his online sales, which it's so a large, large difference there, so he's looking to uh, add additional brick-and-mortar locations, but I, I think for the most part, he takes sort of a conservative approach to company growth. And Carolina Rustica is the profile in our November issue, practically E-Commerce, so Mitch had a chance to speak with Richard Sexton, and I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to those two.
0: Richard, thanks again for your time. We're looking forward to learning more about Carolina Rustica's operation and the multi-channel sales options you have going, both brick-and-mortar and mortar Online, uh, I believe you're doing some other sales with some shopping sites as well. So we're looking forward to learning about all the things you've got going.
2: All right, well, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well,
0: maybe we let's begin with just giving us a little background on both when and why this particular business was started.
2: Um, sure, this this business is really um, the evolution of a business that I started uh, about 11 years ago in downtown Charlotte, North Carolina, which was a you know a uh, fairly traditional furniture store which I also supplemented with with imports from um, from Asia direct imports from Asia and a local art gallery and that was called Himalham Gallery uh, and I opened that in, uh, in 95 it was and that was at the very sort of beginning of, of e-commerce and I think we went online in 98 and started putting some of our best-selling products like iron beds on the internet under himalhomegallery.com. And it really started taking off. And, you know, brick and mortar by itself is always a challenging environment. Um, And we just sort of followed that lead as internet sales started to increase. We sort of evolved into Carolina Rustica, changing the name to sort of reflect both our roots and also our sort of our aspirations, some kind of name that people would find catchy and recognizable um, because Himalham gallery is as near and dear as it was to my heart sort of reflected my own personal voyage I was a somewhat of a corporate refugee who, who gave up the uh, the corporate life to start this brick and mortar business after traveling around Asia with my wife for a year so so Carolina Rustica grew out of that and it really has just been kind of one step at a time very sequential very controlled in terms of, of how we grow and how we build the business and from those early days we've grown into a business with with uh, 10 full-time employees, a warehouse, a retail operation, a call center, um, as we mentioned earlier, approaching probably about 3.5 million in sales this year.
0: Well, in those early days when you were experimenting with online or during the Internet's early days, do you recall what kind of shopping cart software you use? And then how has that evolved in your business compared to what you do now?
2: The shopping cart we had was very crude. I mean, it was, and I don't remember... The vendor, but it was basically you know these buy me now buttons that you put on there. You know it was okay for the business because the business was not that sophisticated. Now with over 60 vendors and well over 12,000 SKUs, without options, it's gotten to be very complicated, and we need to we need to address all the different options available. But at that point, it was just you know it was just your basic buy me now button that you click on, and you know set up your merchant account with that particular vendor. And I don't even remember the frame. Actually, it was just your basic, hard-coded HTML pages that we had set up, and then you'd kind of plunk that button in there, and uh, and <laughs> that's how it worked. So it was it was very you know very very crude. And but the, the the early adopters really kind of had a leg up because you know I remember there were search engines, of course, that don't even exist today, like Northern Lights and Overture was go GoTo.com, I think at that point, Magellan. There were a few others, but anyway. If you had a product on your site, it was very easy to get indexed, and you could really leverage that, and you know, your, your advertising costs and your the amount of effort you had to put into search engine optimization was minimal in terms of the payback you received. And that's really what jump-started our business, because we were there kind of early at the forefront, and now it's, while I wouldn't call it a mature industry, it is certainly not in its infancy by any means.
0: In terms of your cart alone, how has that evolved to what you do now?
2: It's out of the box and then customized. So it's, um, it's a, a PHP shopping cart function that we have, um, highly customized, which is great in terms of how we display the product. It's both out of the box and customized, and that that's also presents certain limitations to us as well, because you know, we've, we've kind of tacked on the front end and the back end together, but it, it probably won't be sufficient as we, as we continue to grow. If we have got you know, 50,000 SKUs on there, we're going we're gonna to need some kind of other solution for sure.
0: What's the approximate breakdown of revenue streams there? You have your own website, you have the brick and mortar operation, and then you multi-channel various things. That I understand mm-hmm. through Amazon, Shop.com, and Google right. Base. Can you just broadly sure. demonstrate a percentage of how those break down?
2: Sure. It's and it's been very interesting watching those percentages change too. I should add. It's it's um, right now probably it's about 15% through our brick and mortar, 85 through internet-based channels. But interestingly, Amazon has really started to increase as a percentage. It's probably about 15 to 20% of all of our internet sales. And then we also sell through shop.com, and that's increasing as well. And we do plan on exploring other channels as they become available.
0: Do you attribute the change in sales at Amazon to that? You've become better at providing information, or do you think there's something internally within Amazon where they're gaining some momentum or perhaps a combination of both?
2: It's, it's a combination of both. You know, they have an enormous system with, I don't know how many SKUs, but it's like turning, trying to turn around a battleship. I mean, they've, they've got so much information, so much products on there, and they're really trying to scale down and I think become a little more streamlined. And they've presented more tools to, to power sellers, such as they've got a, a desktop version. It's called Seller Desktop, which is a uses desktop SQL and can manage your products on that on that platform. But it is still somewhat, somewhat awkward. But I think part of it also is that, you know, as they as they become more of a trusted name and people see that it's really kind of a one-stop shopping. I think, in their own marketing efforts, I think that's helping. I mean, also they're, you know, they're they're giving away a lot of, they've got a lot of promotions and things like that that uh, entice customers to their site. I mean, you look at what happened last quarter where their, I think their sales were up but their margins were down and they got pummeled. Their their stock got pummeled. And that's because they do have so many giveaways. In addition to the the free shipping that we offer on certain products or at certain purchase levels, they've got their own promotions, which, you know, thank goodness doesn't come out of of our pocket, but those kind of incentives. And more and more shopping venues, I think, are doing that, is trying to offer incentives on top of what the merchant offers as well.
0: To manage the sales through those various channels, do you have a centralized order management system or... How do you handle all the paper from all the sales that are uh, coming through? Yeah, that's
2: a great question because that is a huge, huge challenge. We use a uh, product called Order Manager from Stone Edge, which ties into the back end of our proprietary shopping cart as well as Amazon and Shop.com or Altura. And it, it can also bring in orders from other channels as well. And it's, uh, it's a very interesting product. I think it's the only one that does what it does. I mean, I don't think there are any other back office order management systems kind of of their scale. You know, they're constantly upgrading it, and it's got its share of bugs and, and issues, but it is unique, I think, in the marketplace and, you know, very low investment as well. I mean, it's, it's not really expensive for what you, what you can potentially get out of it.
0: But my understanding of his product is that on the entry level, probably looking at twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollars on an entry level. There's a next level that kind of supports more robust businesses, maybe in that four to five thousand dollar level. Correct. And either way, that's a that's a that's a significant chunk of change. But can you speak to what kind of return on that investment has been? In the sense that, has that impacted your staffing level? Has that impacted your customer service? Sure. How does that come uh, back? for you.
2: First and foremost, you know, it's it sounds cliche and, and perhaps even trite, but we are totally focused on customer service. That's besides the broad range of products that we have and I don't think there are that many sites out there that have you know, have the range of, of home related items that we do, the other important component is, is customer service, keeping your customers happy. It's not just it's not just pricing, it's it's how you follow up. Because a lot of manufacturers have gone out there and said, okay, here's, here's our minimum internet pricing. You have to follow this price. And that we're seeing that more and more, which is a good thing because other sites are just beating each other up over pricing and that's not really how it should be. So that lets us compete on customer service. Uh, that's always been our primary focus. What Order Manager lets us do is consolidate orders from, from whatever channels we choose to sell through and treat each order the same on the back end of our system. And that's uh, that's a... Really, a, a helpful thing because prior to that, you know, every Amazon order was kind of an exception outside of our system. And uh, I think that we can continue to grow without having to hire a huge number of new people. Besides the fact that we're running out of space, but you know, on, on the front end on the customer service, just answering questions in a, in a quick way and letting people also check on the status of their own orders and giving, you know, the better information that you give when they're checking online, the less like you are to have to uh, field a phone call later on.
0: Well, how much of your inventory that you have on your site do you actually inventory in a warehouse? Is that a significant number, or do you end up you drop ship many of the products that you that you sell as well? Yeah, it's it's
2: a combination of a couple of things. Um, pretty much our in, what we call our instant gratification items, things that people don't expect to be waiting for, which is towel bars. I used that example before, but we sell an awful lot of towel bars. We got to keep them in inventory. People aren't willing to wait four to six weeks for a drop ship towel bar. Um, a lot of lighting, garden items we keep in stock, our own proprietary line. Of course, we keep an in inventory. A lot of ceiling fans as well, we keep in inventory. That's a big item for us. Um, but for the more sophisticated items where there are a lot of options, let's say you have a bar stool with a leather seat option, a swivel option, and iron finish option, you know, for those, obviously, we've got to uh, uh, order them as the orders come in, and then we'll either have it shipped to the warehouse and then shipped direct to our customer or have drop ship. We actually prefer these days to have things come into our warehouse so we can just QC it, take a look at it, and then uh, turn around and ship it out because our rates shipping out of the warehouse are also less expensive than when we drop ship from our different suppliers. So it's actually easier to bring things in here first.
0: Well, let's talk a little about SLI systems and sure. what type of search technology, search functionality do they, they provide for you?
2: They've got Learning Search and Site Champion. Those are two of their main products. And um, Learning Search takes your search results and kind of prioritizes them uh, in terms of popularity of click-throughs. This is within your own site. Popularity of click-throughs gives corrected spellings or suggestions, gives different category suggestions for that product. And then Site Champion uh, indexes the search results. You've got to put some coding on your site, but it will index the actual search results which are on their server and feed them into Google so you can get increased traffic through pages that appear on Google and other search engines I suppose as well but so there's a twofold benefit there. Our, our own search prior to that was part of the um, part of the off-the-shelf software that we bought and could we couldn't really customize it because search is, is kind of technical and you only got out of it what you put in so if you had an incorrect SKU or typing a, Typing error or something like that, it it would not give you any results at all or very unsatisfactory results. So, and I think as more and more consumers get comfortable with with search, although navigation is extremely important in your site layout and ease of use for your visitors, I think you know search. When you go to a website, typically you probably don't scroll down to the navigation; you type in what you want and hope it comes up. I think more and more people are doing that, and, and that's why site search is. Uh, is so important keeping keeping relevant results and you know other other pos, uh, options and possibilities as well The nice thing is that all happens on it, it's, it's invisible to the to the visitor but it, it all happens actually on their servers not ours so um, all of those dynamics are, are happening on, on their side and not ours and not compromising our site performance at all either because search is very it's a very memory intensive activity.
0: are there plans to add additional brick and mortar stores?
2: Yes, as soon as we can really, going back to order manager, they've got an enterprise solution, which is a, you know, that's a server-based solution. As soon as we can manage our orders that come from the retail store in the same fashion as orders that come in through through the website and the other channels on location, that is to say, you know, at the different retail stores, that's, that's really the only thing that's kind of bottlenecking us right now because I want to have a uniform experience for visitors, whether it's on our website or at the store, having that situation where they can buy something in the store and return it to the, uh, to the call center or print out a coupon, on, coupon online and bring it, to, bring it to one of the retail stores. Having that sort of, that fungibility between different channels, I think is very important.
0: You mentioned your call center. Is that something that you staff or do you subcontract out those services to a third party?
2: Uh, We have to staff it because of the complexity of our product. With the range of options that you could have on a piece of furniture, you know, it's not like selling CDs or books. We do have a certain number of products that are what they are, but that's probably only 20%, and some can get very, very complicated. If you're looking at, like, a a hanging pendant light from Hubbard & Forge, they've got... You know, stem options, canopy options, body options, finish options, glass options. So there's about five or six steps that you could take, and that's just not the kind. You know, you, you'd have a huge compromise in quality if you uh, if you farm that out because you've got to really you've got to really know the product. So we um, one thing we do is people who work in the call center will also work in the retail store and get that feet on the floor experience, and I think that's that's a big help too. It's not just somebody who's you know reading off to you on their computer what you could be reading yourself anyway. That doesn't really help anyone.
0: Uh, is there yeah. anything that we haven't covered that you would, in particular, want a a new e-commerce business to, to know? How can they live vicariously through you And uh, and from the sense of struggles that you may have shared or experienced that you might want to share with those that are in the process of ramping up their business, trying to reach the level you've attained?
2: Well, it's, it's a labor of love. I mean, just just on Sunday, I got a call from our uh, our servers at Rackspace. They called, and we had a server was down, and, you know, 3.30 or 4 in the morning, my phone, my cell phone's ringing, and I've got a new baby in one arm, and I'm trying to help them get Apache up and running on the server in the other arm. That that kind of thing, you know, happens all the time, but this is the most challenging environment that any anyone entering into the business could experience, I think, because you know, there's there's pressure on margins because of increased pay-per-click advertising costs. I mentioned to you in my email that our our costs have tripled on certain keywords. Um, increased transportation costs, which you can't really pass through to the consumer as much as you'd like to. So you really have to look at your business model and see whether it's going to be worth it or not. People who are in the industry now people who are your potential competitors are going to fight tooth and nail for every every percentage of market share that they have. So the old adage about looking for a niche market is, is true to a certain extent, although as I said, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of niche markets out there. So you've got to concentrate on the basics, the fundamentals, which is customer service, looking at customers, what does it cost to get them, to retain them, to keep them happy. And that's, you know, you've got to build your business the old-fashioned way. And that was, you know, the, I think, the, the reason why we had you know, the dot-com crash a couple of years ago is because people thought they could just throw a website up and the customers will come. Well, it still comes down to you know, customer satisfaction and, and, and old business principles. There's, there's no new economy. It's, just, it's the same old thing. So that's uh, concentrate on the basics. And uh, I think be honest in your business, too, and, and honest with your vendors and suppliers and your customers. And, and uh, you know, just take it one step at a time.
1: And that's going to wrap it up for this podcast. Uh, Once again, that was Richard Sexton, the owner of Carolina Rustica, who uh, had a chance to speak with Mitch Bettis. We thank him for taking the time. And uh, he is also the subject of our website profile in the November 2006 issue of Practical E-Commerce Magazine. So definitely take a look at that. and Hopefully we'll uh, see you back next month for our next profile.